Welcome to the Messy Book Club by Mess to Success podcast. This is your one-stop shop for all things romance, self-development, fantasy, and book-related. Whether we're discussing the fan fiction of yesteryear, which steamy romances will get your blood pumping, or analyzing which self-help books are really worth your time, the Messy Book Club is for people who want to delve into literature no matter what the genre. Enjoy! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mess to Success podcast. I am your host, Jordan, and thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. So today's episode is going to be a messy book club episode, and we are going to be talking about the book She's on the Money by Victoria Devine. Very exciting. But before I get into that, um, guys, how good is my audio quality? Uh, so if you follow me on social media, you'll know that I have been debating for a little while now as to whether. I should, you know, fork out the money, uh, upgrade my equipment, you know, get a really nice microphone, really good setup. And, you know, I was umming and ahhing for a while, but, you know, I decided to finally take the plunge and do it. And let me know if it's worth it, guys. I think it sounds so great. I'm obsessed with it. I keep recording like snippets of my voice and listening back to it because I'm obsessed, but it's really, really good. And I'm really, really pleased with, um, the money I spent and the quality I'm getting. So um, I am still figuring out a few of the settings and whatnot. So hopefully my audio does continue to improve. But yeah, so far I'm really, really happy um, with the quality that I got. So yeah, launching into today's episode, it is a messy book club episode. And over the last fortnight, we have been reading the book She's on the Money by Victoria Devine. So if you don't know who Victoria Devine is, she is the creator of Australia's number one finance podcast. And it's also called She's on the Money. And basically it is financial advice for millennial women. And Victoria Devine is actually a financial advisor. Like she's a professional. She has her own business, where she actually gives real financial advice. So she's very, very knowledgeable. Uh, She's, you know, very qualified to be giving this kind of advice. And yeah, she just has a fantastic podcast. If you check the podcast charts, you'll always see her podcast in the top charting podcast because it is fantastic. So I guess I will give a brief overview, like a little bit of a synopsis and my general thoughts on the book, and then we'll jump right into going through the individual parts of the book. So overall, fantastic book. I personally rated this book five stars. I thought it was so amazing. It was so empowering, so easy to consume. The language was really, really understandable. It was simple language, but it's still very, very thorough and still goes into a lot of detail. And, uh, you know, this is one of those financial books that it didn't make me feel like I had to have pressure on myself to go and buy a house and, you know, stop buying takeaway coffee and, you know, stop buying avocado on toast. Like, you know, some of those other books or financial advice can do to tell you to save money. So yeah, I found that really, really great. And, um, uh, one thing about this book is that when I was, you know, preparing for this episode, I went on to Goodreads and had a look at a few of the reviews for this book. And a lot of people were saying that it is very, very similar to Barefoot Investor. However, it's more like the millennial women version of Barefoot Investor. I myself have not read that book yet, so I, I can't actually say if that's true or not. But if you liked the Barefoot Investor uh, and you want something a little bit more feminine, a little bit more relatable, then this kind of seems like it will be a really fantastic book for you. Another amazing aspect of this book is that it comes with a workable booklet. Oh my gosh, it is the best. Victoria really thought of everything. So she um, 
created this PDF workbook that comes along with the book and it actually gives you actionable steps to take to get your finances in order so the whole premise of the book is that she wants she wants to empower millennial women to take charge of their financial futures you know build generational wealth financial freedom and just give them the tools that we aren't really taught in school you know we don't get educated on this like it's kind of learn as you go so it's just you know it's really really nice to have all of this information in one place and she does give a really really great overview so she goes into insurance she talks about superannuation she talks about investing she talks about um you know, saving money in a relationship, you know, your money goals. She really does cover all bases. So it's such a fantastic book. If you want to be a little bit more uh, money literate, then I highly, highly recommend it. It just, I had a fantastic reading experience. Uh, So yeah, launching into it, we're just going to go over, I'm just going to kind of go through the book and just kind of share with you any key takeaways um, and share my thoughts on the book. So to start off with, Victoria goes into your money story and your money mindset. So I found this really, really fascinating because it actually turns out that your money story growing up, the way your parents were with money, the attitude that, you know, your guardians had with money or how money was talked about in the environment you were in when you were a child really, really does have a big part in the way that you save money and spend money in your adult life. And it's really, really interesting to think about because if your parents were really, really frugal growing up, money felt really, really tight, then maybe as an adult, even if you do have money, you're still really frugal. You're still, you know, you don't like to spend money, you hoard money. And that could be because of your money story as a child affecting you as an adult. And it goes a lot of different ways as well. So if on the other hand, your parents spent a lot of money growing up and money never really seemed to be an issue and you're always spending, uh, then, you know, as an adult, you might have some reckless spending behaviors because of, you know, that money story as a child. So the first part in the book, she talks about identifying your money story, uh, start to think about what money was like when you were growing up, uh, think about how that affects you now in your life and think about what your current money story is. And the thing that she says is that your money Money story can change. It doesn't have to stay the same. So if your current money story is that, oh, I'm really bad with money. I can't save. I've never been able to save. I'm just, you know, terrible with money. That's not your full-time money story. That does not have to be how you are with money. You can always change your money story. So she also says, map out your money. And this is something that I found so, so helpful because I'm the sort of person where, you know, my pay goes in, I don't really check, bills come out, rent comes out, car loan comes out. I'm not really tracking my expenses and I'm not really tracking my cash flow. So one thing that Victoria says throughout the book is that cash flow is queen. So it's not necessarily about how much income you're having. It's not really about having a super, super high paying job or, you know, having a side hustle that makes you a ton of money. It's more so about how you're actually managing the money coming in and out. How are you managing your pay? Like when your pay comes into your account, how are you, um, you know, distributing that? Are you saving it? Are you spending it? Is it going towards bills? So she really talks about mapping out your money and understanding cash flow. So what she recommends is she actually recommends to print out three months worth of transactions and do a bank account audit. So yeah, print out your bank transactions for like the last three months, get a couple of different colored highlighters and go through and highlight what she would consider or what you would consider your fixed slash necessary expenses. And then your, uh, so those are, you know, bills that you have to pay 
food that you need, you know, things that you don't really have a choice in paying for, fuel for your car. And then there is discretionary expenses. So I guess that would be like takeaway coffees and clothes shopping and shoe shopping and that kind of thing. And, you know, go through with your highlighter and just so you can actually see what your current money story is, because some of us like me have no idea what, you know, what the cash flow could be. It's just kind of, I'm just kind of guessing as I'm going along, but you know, by doing the bank account audit, it really tells you how much money you have left over, how much money you could be saving. And she says to go through and look at what transactions you could give up. You know, what, what are the transactions that aren't really important to you that you could easily just say, look, that's not really important to me. That's not aligned with what I want for my future. I'm going to stop spending money there. But if it is something that's important to you, she encourages you to keep spending money there. And that's the great thing about this book is that it's, it's not a one size fits all financial advice. It's making your money work for you and your situation and your salary and your expenses. And she's really realistic in that. And she doesn't expect you to save money if you can't afford to save money, if that makes sense. It's all about, you know, your individual situation and just making your money work for you um, with what you've got. So she also talks about utilizing a budgeting tool. And this is also talked about in the workbook as well. And although I don't do this at the moment, this is definitely something something I'd love to implement. Uh, She explains that she has a free budgeting Excel on her website that she encourages people to download and you can put your finances in there and it, you know, it helps you just track what you're spending and how you can save. Um, She also says to use six bank accounts. And I know what you're thinking because it's probably the same thing I was thinking at first, like what the heck, six bank accounts, that is absurd. But she breaks it down and it really makes a lot of sense in the way that she breaks it down. And I definitely want to implement this. So she talks about your first bank account should be your cash hub. And that is the bank account that your money gets paid into. So when you get your pay, that's the account that the money is going into. And she recommends not having a card that's connected to this. So she says, if you're getting paid, don't have your um, pay weight, like your wages going into an account that you have a card connected to. Uh, So she has your weekly spending. So this is money that she would take from her cash hub and allocate into her weekly spending. She's got an emergency fund and with the emergency fund, she says the size of your emergency fund, again, it's not a one size fits all. If you have kids, you might want a bigger emergency fund than someone who's living on their own. Um, And yeah, it, it really depends on your individual situation. She says short-term savings. So, you know, things like a holiday or maybe you want a new handbag or maybe you want to treat yourself on equipment for your business. And then she's got medium to long-term savings. So that is like a house or an investment or, you know, some of those bigger, bigger savings. Uh, So she also talks about goal setting and she also says that your goals need to be realistic for you. So let's say, for example, you're on $40,000 a year. Is it realistic for you to say, I'm going to save $20,000 in one year? No, it's not. You, It's not really realistic when you're on a wage of 40,000 to be saving 50% of your income. It's just, it's not realistic when you've got expenses. However, if your wage is 500,000, then yeah, maybe it is easier for you to save 50% of your income because you have a lot more income to play with, if that makes sense. So it's all very relative to actually how much money is coming in. And that's why I really appreciated this book is because it is realistic and it does you know, it does leave wiggle room, if that makes sense. So she also goes into debt, which I found to be quite helpful. So she talks about good debt. Now, good debt is 
property, investment, um, and investment loans, because that's the kind of debt that's going to make a return for you. That's the kind of debt that is going to pay you back your money. She talks about okay debt, which is hex debt. You know, hex debt, if you don't know, that is basically the debt you get um, when you study at uni. I think it's actually called help debt now. Um, But back when I first started uni, it was called hex debt. And then she says bad debt, which is cars, credit cards, holidays, uh, things that you know, you're spending money on, but you're never really going to get that money back. You know, a car, it's like, as soon as you drive it out of the parking lot, it loses a ton of value. And again, it's all relative. It all depends on what you need, uh, you know, and making your money work for you in a way that's going to add value to your life and not be like too restrictive. So then she gets into investing, which I found to be so, so interesting. I would love to be able to invest more money and, you know, be a little bit more literate when it comes to investing. Um, At this point in time, I practically know next to nothing. So everything I learn in this book is like all of my investing knowledge. And I think I am actually going to go back and, um, you know, explore that section again, just so I can like be a bit more familiar with it. But this was kind of my basic understanding. So she says, start young and accumulate a lot of wealth so that by the time you're older and you're retiring, you have full financial freedom. So she says kind of, if you start invest, like the younger you start, the better is what she says. And she says, if you start investing when you're, you know, 24, by the time you're in your 60s, you might be able to retire and actually fully sustain yourself based on the dividends that get paid to you from your investment. So this is definitely a generalization and this is probably not as accurate as how she explains it in the book. Um, But she she says something like, um, you know, if you invest a certain amount every single month by the time you're you know in your 60s and you're at retirement age you might have a million two million even three million um in your investment portfolio and if you do have you know that much in your investment portfolio you can actually earn dividends which will allow you to ascend it's almost like you get paid a wage from your investments you know you could be earning over one hundred thousand dollars a year just based off what your investments are paying you so when you're retired you've got all of this money coming into you and you don't have to lift a finger like you literally don't have to lift a finger but in order to do that you have to start really really young Um, another thing that I found so fantastic about the book is that she talks about the type of investor you want to be and because you know investing can be a little bit risky especially if you've never done it before and you're kind of like oh putting money into the stock market when I don't really know much about it seems kind of scary so she actually includes a it's like a quiz and you can do this quiz and she explains to you based on your answers in the quiz what type of investor you are and she actually recommends how you should invest your money so low risk is kind of like a fixed interest investment uh moderate risk is property because obviously property is a pretty good investment but you know it might take a few years for it to pay off and obviously you have to put a lot of money into it going in and then high risk is shares and the stock market but yeah take the quiz and you'll find out you know what kind of investment you are based off what kind of risks you are comfortable in taking and the way she explains it is that the more risks you take the higher the payoff is going to be. You know, the riskier the investment, uh, the more money you could get back. And she also says that with shares and the stock market, it's a long game. You know, you can't put money in there for a year and expect to have, you know, a really profitable return. That's just not how it works. Investing in the stock market is definitely a long-term thing. And the stock market might go down, it might go up, but the longer you have your money in there, it's more likely to kind of go on an upward trajectory, if that makes sense. So she said the average return 
of the stock market, the Australian stock market in the last, I can't remember how long it was. I think it was like 20 years, she said. It's about 10% return on investment. So she, she really does cover all bases. She also goes into home loans and how you should be careful of interest when you're paying for a home loan because, you know, you might put down 400, you might you know, take out a loan for $400,000 to buy a house. But by the time you've paid off everything because of all of the interest that's been added to your loan, you might end off paying, you might end up paying about $700,000 by the time you've paid your interest. So she does make a point to be, you know, really aware of how much interest you're paying on a loan and when you are taking out a home loan to try and get the best loan that's going to work for you. Uh, She also says, she also talks about relationships. So if you are in a relationship, it's really, really important to know what your partner's money story is. And, you know, it's really important to set mutual goals with your partner. Uh, So she recommends creating short-term, medium-term and long-term goals with your partner so you can kind of work together. She also says, ask questions, you know, do you want to be financially free? Do you want to create wealth for your children? Do you want to retire? Like what age do you want to retire at? Because the answers to those questions is going to determine what kind of saving you should be having um, and what kind of money habits you should be having. Um, The booklet is an absolutely amazing resource. There's quizzes, spaces to write goals, resources about investing, resources about compound interest. And I just find the booklet to be so helpful. I'm in the process of filling it out but yeah it's absolutely such a fantastic resource and i would say like the booklet is probably i mean the the booklet and the book themselves go hand in hand but i probably find the booklet to be more resourceful i'm definitely a um a kinesthetic person which means i learn by doing so if i'm just listening to an audiobook or if i'm just reading a book it's not really going to anchor into my brain but by doing a booklet that's where i'm going to actually learn and that's where i'm going to retain the information Uh, So some of the information on super and investing did go a little bit over my head, to be honest. Um, As I said, I'm starting from scratch with my financial literacy. I really don't have a level of financial literacy right now. So yeah, a little, uh, some of it did go over my head. So if you're a beginner to the world of financial freedom and money, then some of it may go over your head too. Don't worry. Victoria explains everything in such an easy to understand way. All I'm going to do is I'm just going to go back and reread the sections that I didn't really understand understand the first time around. Another really fantastic part about this book is that she includes various case studies. And I found this to be really, really helpful because she includes case studies of so many women in so many different financial situations. Like she has a case study of someone with kids who's married and has a house. Then she has a case study of someone who's only about 19 and doesn't really have much money and is still learning how to save. And she has a case study of someone who's starting a business and someone who's starting a side hustle. And these case studies are just a really really fantastic because it lets you know that every single person's money story is different. Everyone is going to have a different way to accumulate wealth. Different things are going to work for different people. And yeah, I just found that to be so helpful and so relatable because, you know, some aspects of the book did kind of scare me because I was like, oh, whoa, I don't, I don't do that. I don't do any of that. I don't really know how much I have in my super. I don't really invest like shit. Am I falling behind? But then you hear these case studies and it does really make, it does affirm for you. No, everyone is on a different path. Everyone's at to a different stage with their money. Like no rush. I will, you know, I will get there in the end. So yeah, I guess that is where I will, you know, sum up my thoughts on the book. That's definitely a very big overview on the book. But if you want to read the book, please, I really, really recommend it. It was such a fantastic book and the accompanying workbook. Oh, amazing. Um, The action I'm going to take after reading that book is I'm definitely rereading it. 
Uh, so I'm definitely going to reread it. I really want to kind of get myself all over it. I'm going to finish the workbook. I'm definitely going to do my bank account audit. Like I think that will help me out so much. So I'm going to print out all of my bank statements for the last three months. I'm going to get some highlighters and I'm going to go through and highlight everything that I can cut out. And also I kind of want to start investing. I think that would be really amazing. She gives, she does give you some beginner ways to get into investing. Uh, so I'm definitely going to, you know, re-familiarize myself with that and give it a go. Um, and also another thing that I would recommend doing is I'm going to listen to her podcast. I did listen to a few episodes, but I don't listen regularly. So I'm definitely going to start listening to her podcast more regularly just to further familiarize myself with money literacy. And she also has a Facebook group. So I'm going to be joining her Facebook group so I can, you know, be in the community of women who also want to become rich. So yeah, I hope you found this episode helpful. I found this book amazing and I'm like, yep, I'm getting rich. Like, let's do it. I'm going to create generational wealth and I'm very excited about that so uh yeah fantastic book five stars highly recommend uh the next book that we are going to be reading for the messy book club in the next fortnight is going to be a song of Achilles by Madeline Miller so this book is a um it's a Greek mythology book book. Um, I've had it on my bookshelf for a couple of months, so I really want to read it now. I've heard amazing things about it. It's a romance. uh, So it's a Greek mythology style romance about Greek gods. And that's pretty much all I know about it, to be honest. I really don't know a lot about it. But um, if you want to join in on the conversation, please join the Mess to Success community on Facebook, where we will be discussing the book. Also, it's just a really great community of empowered women who are chasing down their goals, who are on the journey from mess to success. So I really, really recommend joining that community. I'm really trying, I'm putting a lot of energy into building that community up to be like a really safe space for ambitious women who, yeah, just want to smash down their goals. Uh, So if you enjoyed this episode, please give it five stars. I would really appreciate that. Um, And yeah, I guess I'll be back in your ears next Wednesday. Wednesday.